This is Off the Red Carpet with George Pinocchio, sponsored by Mercedes-Benz. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Off the Red Carpet. This one involves dogs. You know, I love dogs. My wife and I are on our sixth and seventh Greyhound rescues right now. It all started with a beautiful boy named Bronco back in 1997. Our lives have never been the same since. From Bronco, we got Desi Lou and then Billy. Then Vivian came into our lives, followed by Gabe. And now we have Emmy and Audrey as part of our family. So now there are a couple of new documentaries I want to tell you about that center around dogs that are in theaters right now. One of them is called Life in the Dog House. It centers around two men, Ron Danta and Danny Robertshaw, who started rescuing dogs after Hurricane Katrina. Their whole house, which is about 4,400 square feet, has essentially gone to the dogs. And in the years since, they've saved about 11,000 animals. That's 11,000. They both feel like this is their calling. I, I just really feel that as human beings on this earth, we all have to give back. And I think that somehow... You know, our journey on this earth, I mean, Danny and I are here to give back to the animals. I mean, people have different missions, whether it's, you know, leukemia or breast cancer or something, your mission that you want to really help with. And I just think that we were put here on this earth and this is our mission to try to save these animals. That's a nice thing with dogs living in our house. You know, you see it all the time when you walk into shelters and the scared dogs are always way at the back of the kennel shaking and petrified and they never come forward to the people that are looking to adopt a dog. So usually those dogs don't get adopted. So those are the ones that we usually try to look for in the shelters and we go to shelters is we always ask them for their non-adoptable ones, not the ones they think are gonna go right out the door to a family. Because living in our house, you know, they live with a pack of dogs, but they also, you know, live as part of our family. I think most people think when they hear somebody has 70, 80 dogs in their house, they think of a hoarding situation. But we definitely are not hoarders because we really want them to get loving homes. <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, we can't save them all. I mean, I wish there was mandatory spay-neuter so that we didn't have an overpopulation of dogs. And it would be wonderful if they put Danny and Ron's rescue out of business, if they put all the animal shelters out of business. That would be a dream. But it's very hard to walk away from, you know, the ones that are left. And it's, you know, I just wish people would realize the importance of spay-neuter so we don't have an overpopulation. And that would really solve a lot of the problems in the shelter. That's one priority with every pet that's come through the doggy door at Danny and Ron's rescue. They are all spayed-neutered. They're microchipped. They've had all their vaccines. They've had dentals if they need dentals. And so, you know, we just really feel that finding the right loving home is the important, that's our, our mission to do. Well, when we first first adopted dogs, or, or either they were handed over to us, um, and they weren't real healthy, well, it was you didn't want to pass them on to someone else if they weren't healthy. So we make every dog, as far as, far as we can tell, um, ready to go package. It never ends, and you know, we, we take in dogs hit on the highways, on the roads. We take dogs in from the court system that have been abused or tortured, and so it's, it's never ending. I mean, it's, it's just a constant, you know, 
wheel that keeps spinning, unfortunately. Ron and Danny get a lot of their dogs from high-kill shelters, often being notified on the days those dogs might be put down. So they often run to the rescue to save them, and then they nurse them back to full health. They are adamant about rescuing animals versus ever buying one from a pet store. Their belief is most animals you pay for at a store have a link somewhere to a puppy mill. You know, one thing I'd like to say to the public is there's such a huge misconception about going to a pet store and saving a dog. They see it in this little kennel, and so they pay $1,800, and they think they've saved the dog's life. All of those dogs come from puppy mills where they live in rabbit cages, and they're just, it's a mass breeding ground. And so please don't go to pet stores and buy your dogs, you know. Good breeders, you have to sign contracts, you have to sign your life away at a good breeder, but please don't buy dogs at, at pet stores. Danny and Ron generally have upwards of 70 dogs at any time at their home in South Carolina. Now, when I watched the documentary, I noticed that a lot of them are black dogs. Well, it turns out there's a reason for that. It's very, very interesting because that is the number one euthanized color in America in shelters is plain black dogs. So we try to take a lot of black dogs. And as I always say, you know, in our house, you know, 75 dogs, those dogs don't care if the other dog is brown or black or white. And I sure wish that happened in our world of human beings. One thing you can do is go to your local rescues, go to your local shelters and block out 30 minutes and go from kennel to kennel. Just sit with them, talk to them, give them love. If you play the guitar, take your guitar, sing to them. Because animals, all they want to do is be loved. That's it. I mean, we preach all the time that within the heart of every stray lies the simple desire to be loved. And that's it in a nutshell. Isn't that a nice thought? The other film I want to tell you about today is called Pick of the Litter. This is a documentary that takes us into the world of guide dogs for the blind. Co-directors Don Hardy Jr. and Dana Nachman, both former journalists, follow a litter of puppies through the painstaking process of training. In all seriousness, they're the most amazing creatures because they are trained to obey basically 99.9% .9 of the time until the very moment that they have to disobey. When their person is confused or going to walk into uh, traffic or walk into a train track, they will make a decision to defy the person. Uh, and, and make a decision on their own. So I think that's amazing that a dog makes its own decision um, and also is trained to obey all the time. These dogs are more than just a, a sophisticated pet dog. These are highly trained, highly skilled animals that are in charge of keeping somebody safe. And that's really incredible to, to think about. And now hopefully when people do see them on the street, they will just think about that a little bit more. That It's pretty magnificent. Not all people are eligible for these dogs. They have to be very good at mobility training first and they have to pass um, work with a cane for a large part of their lives before the dogs come on. So not everybody wants a dog or is eligible for a dog. Um, so there is a waiting, waiting list for these dogs, um, but they do a great job in trying to pair the perfect dog to the perfect person. Yeah, and I think they're trying to get even faster at the training process so that they can fulfill more uh, more people's dreams, you know, faster. Everybody's working in service of making the best dog because they know that the jobs the dogs are going to do are truly life and death. And so they have to be that strict with them. And uh, But all the time also being very loving to the dogs and realizing if the job just isn't right for them, then it is time to career change them. 
career change is the term coined by guide dogs for the blind when a pup just isn't quite strong enough to be of service to a human. But that change simply means they live out their lives with less responsibility and are simply someone's loving pet. I also got to talk to Kathleen Wassenberg and Lisa King. These are two women who have volunteered years of their time to the process of raising these potentially life-changing pups, and they only get them for a portion of their training. It's a lot of fun, and, and, I, and I just look at it as fun. I enjoy doing it. I love It's a very positive feel.ing when your dog, dog makes it and they're paired with a blind client. But I do get people coming up just randomly saying, thank you for what you do, and I'm like, oh, okay. The understanding comes when you've, your dog makes it through, they graduate, they go with somebody that really needs them way more than you do. And I just had to ask because if it were me in the same position, I'd be pretty crushed when it came time to give up the dog. When you say goodbye to them, you know they're just going to a different process of their life. With our first dog that my family raised, we were in tears, could hardly talk when we said goodbye to the dog. It got easier as it went on. This is um, Puppet, that was my ninth dog. So, but it's still very sad. We get home and we're like, oh, the house is so quiet. And after, then you're like, okay, need another pup. You may have to seek these films out, but they are certainly worth it. That's Pick of the Litter and Life in the Doghouse. Thanks for joining us here for another edition of Off the Red Carpet. I'll be back again soon.